you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit www.therockonline.org. And now, a message from The Rock of Gainesville. All right, last week we started uh, this five-week uh, series that we're going to be talking about, and uh, uh, really uh, a challenge last week for those of you that were not here. I really encourage you and pray that you have already listened to the message from last weekend. If not, I encourage you to get it. Um, I've actually listened to it uh, after preaching it twice. I listened to it about five times this week because I felt such an absolute stirring of Holy Spirit for me to hear what he was saying through my mouth. And I, I, I was challenged. I was convicted. Uh, I was encouraged. I was, I was stirred uh, to the realization of how much God loves lost people. He loves us. But he loved us when we were lost. See, we might be righteous today, but we were not always righteous. Can you say amen to that or else I'll call your name out? We weren't always righteous. We weren't always the forgiven of the Lord. We weren't always the redeemed of the Lord. We were at one point in time a very messed up group of people. And God looked down and he realized how desperately we needed a revelation of his love. So some of you came from all different kinds of areas, and you came from different places um, uh, of literally messed upness. Some of you had hatred. Some of you were bitter people. Some of you were, were adulterers and fornicators and sex perverts. And, you know, I don't know, when Jedediah was here a while back, uh, a couple of people confessed murder, you know. So, you know, may, maybe, maybe you didn't actually murder somebody, but maybe you murdered them in your heart, you know. And, and the reality was... Uh, we were messed up and we were in need of a savior and Jesus revealed his love to us. Maybe it was through the Rock of Gainesville, but who knows? Maybe it was from some little country church somewhere. Maybe you grew up in a mainline denominational church. Maybe you came out of a, a, a Catholic church. You know what? It doesn't matter what your past is. The only thing that matters is what your destiny is, what your future is, and that is as a child of the Most High Living God, the Great I Am, the one who loves us, and he saved you for a purpose and a reason, and that was not just so that you could go to heaven. If all his plan was was for you to go to heaven, then as soon as you got saved and forgiven and redeemed, man, he would just suck you out of here. But everybody's still here. And the reason is God has a plan. Because as much as he loved you and your messed upness, guess what? He loves your friends and their messed upness. He loves your parents that haven't surrendered to Jesus yet. He loves your kids that have walked away from God. He loves your brother or your sister that just went squirrely, and, and he loves them, and he wants somebody to be willing to stand in the gap and go, you know what, God, let me have that one. See, as I said last week, we're not called to take up the, the mantle of filling the responsibility that we got to save the whole world because guess what? Can't do it. Not everybody's going to be saved anyhow, but Jesus wants everybody to have the opportunity to be saved. Amen. And how can they have the opportunity to be saved if they don't hear? And how can they hear unless we go and get them and bring them back to the place of the house of God where they can hear the, the word of God preached without compromise, the love of God revealed by the Holy Spirit? 
See, my preaching is not going to save anyone, but Holy Spirit, through the word that I preach, that word will convict a person's heart and change them from the inside out. And all of a sudden, they, they wake up sitting right in this place or watching online and realize, man, I am desperately in need of a Savior. I am lost. And I can't save myself. I can't be good enough. Can't buy my way into heaven. Can't, I, I can't work hard enough to get to heaven. I can't do enough at church to work myself into getting to heaven. I need a Savior. And the only way you can be saved is to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and receive Jesus by faith as Lord and Savior of your life. You know that. That's how you came to Christ. But there's a whole world that we, the church, in 2019 are called to be responsible for. And my prayer today, my, 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 my desire at the end of this message when you walk out of here is that not only do you walk out with a greater vision and a heart to see the whole world have the opportunity to hear the gospel through the church of Jesus Christ doing their part, but more importantly, that you walk out of here and you're praying this prayer, Lord, who's my one? Who's my one for this year? Who's the one you want me to reach this year? See, man, it, it would be foolish of me to stand up here and say, come on, guys, can't y'all get me 10 people in here this year? Because I know the world that we live in, and it's just not going to happen. But I'm absolutely convinced every person in this house knows at least one person that's lost. And I know that Jesus is going to bring that one lost person, and he or she is going to be your responsibility. Ouch. And one day you're either going to hear, well done, well done, well done. I presented this opportunity and you latched on it in faith and you started praying. You started believing. You started trusting. You started doing good works to love on this one person. You can plant seed. You can water seed. But he is the one that saves. Amen? So, so even in this, see, you understand, you don't have a responsibility to save anybody. You have a responsibility to get someone to the place where they can hear the word of God. Because it's that gospel that's going to save their life. So before I get deep in this word, happy Father's Day to all you dads in the house. I love you. I bless you. I pray that you're honored. You feel honored. That you're loved by your family, your friends, uh, those that are important in your life. And that uh, today will just be a great day for you. And that even in this, that you walk out of here today as a father, maybe a grandfather, or even a great grandfather, knowing that because you're still living, God still has a plan for you. And as much as he has one for all the young people in the house that are still young and vibrant, for some of us older that are old and vibrant, God still, come on, you heard that right, old and vibrant, God still has a plan for each one of us. Amen. So I'm going to read you some scripture real quick. Matter of fact, you got to hang on this morning with me. I'm going to read out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, Come on, somebody, you can't leave John out, right, can you? So I'm going to read out of John. I'm going to read four different passages of Scripture that all uh, are, are being recorded by uh, these four mighty men of God. They're not superheroes. They're not Avengers. They were men that were just like you and I, struggled just like you and I, had a lot of ups and downs just like you and I have, but they walked out in obedience, filled with the Holy Ghost. They did amazing things in the latter days of their life, and, and some of it was to record the gospel 
that Jesus, that they had experienced, witnessed, and testified that that I preached last week. And so they recorded this powerful question that Jesus was asked in, in three of these four uh, um, gospels. You, it, that I'm going to read to you, it, it's actually going to be a question. See, there were some religious people that were going to try to set Jesus up. They were trying to get him to say the wrong thing. How many of you know you can't trick Jesus up? Come on, somebody. You trick yourself up, but you're not going to trick Jesus up. But they, 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 had, they, they were mad. They were angry. Uh, they were blown away by the authority and the power that he had. They did not believe that he was the Messiah. They did not believe that he was the son of God. They believed that he was Joseph's son from Bethlehem. And so they, they were, they were hard-pressed. As they got together, they got nerve that they didn't have when they were alone. And you're going to see some interesting conversation going on. So as I read this, this is what I desire. I desire that you are encouraged to listen to the words of Christ Jesus as he spoke not only to the disciples, but more importantly, 2,000 years later, as he's speaking the same word to us and how this word might affect us, how this word might impact us, how this word might, let me be more specifically, impact you to hear what is what Jesus saying, how, how, how does it fit my life right here today? And, and if the Lord's saying it to me, then what is my response going to be to that word? Amen. So let me start reading Matthew's gospel. This is the only one I'm going to read out of the message version. I just love the way uh, they, they did this. And so the other three uh, will come out of the ESV. Matthew chapter 22, uh, six verses here, verse 34 uh, through 40. When the Pharisees heard how Jesus had bested the Sadducees, they gathered their forces for an assault. One of their religion scholars spoke for them, posing a question they hoped would show him up. Teacher... Which command in God's law is the most important? Which command in God's law is the most important? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and your prayer and your intelligence. Say intelligence. We don't hear that word a lot in this setting, but I, I, I love how they used it in this. This is the most important and the first on any list. But, he said, there's a second to set along aside it. And that is this. Love others as well as you love yourself. These commands, these two commands are pegs. Everything in God's law and the prophets hang on these pegs. The other night, uh, my nephew and his son came through. My nephew's wife had just passed away a couple of months ago from ovarian cancer at a young age. It was a very difficult time. And so as him and his son were coming back from Arizona, bringing back um, their supplies because they had lived there for about eight months, I, I, I sent him a text and said, hey, would love, Suzanne, I would love for you to stop by and just hang out, spend the night, love to, you know, get to know Max a little bit, have a meal and, and, um, so on their way down, he, he, after seven or eight days, he finally responded and said, yeah, they would love. And, then, and so they came through. And so when they got there, I called my sons and I just thought this, this might be even a little better. And so I called my sons and said, hey, you guys want to bring the kids and we'll meet up for supper and, and uh, Chris and his son will be there. And so um, we got there and we just had a great time. Max just, he just had a blast. He had all these cousins that he really didn't know and, and they're cutting up and laughing 
laughing, and hanging out. They're so loud in the restaurant. I was thanking God that it was pouring down rain outside, and we were pretty much almost the only ones there for a little while because we were having to rein these 11 kids in, and it was quite noisy. And uh, But when we finally got through, uh, Nathan had invited us, uh, Chris and Max and myself, to meet him and his sons. And so I took Wyatt, uh, Andrew and Jess's son, and we went over to the rock climbing wall in Gainesville. I had no idea this place was here, didn't know it existed, didn't know it was there. So we went over, and uh, Chris was just wiped out. He had driven 5,000 miles in the last uh, week and a half. And, and so uh, Nathan and the boys are all getting ready, and, and, the, and a guy comes over, and he says, hey, uh, which one of you want to be a... Belayer? Is that, is that how you say it? Is that how you say it? I don't want... Anyhow, it's, it's, it's the person saving the kid that's climbing's life, okay? And, and Chris said, I ain't got nothing to do with this. And I said, sure, I want to save people's lives. So he took me through like a 25-minute uh, training session. So, you know, I got, the, I got the harness on as well and the strap, and I'm learning to do all this. And Wyatt goes flying up the top, and, and then Max goes up. And, and then while we're doing it, I look over, and they're climbing on another wall that has no ropes or anything. And, and I'm like, that looks kind of dangerous. And so they're over there. And I realized they have pegs and they're climbing as high as they can. And then they're taking a peg and they're sticking it into a hole in the wall. Then they pull themselves up a little bit higher. Then they take another peg. And, and, and as they're pegging their way up, they're, they're climbing their way up. They're hanging on. Uh, I started realizing because I just read this in the, in the message version. And I thought it was so cool. He said, these two commands are pegs. The word of the Lord is literally a peg. And all the other laws and prophets literally hang on. Whoa, that's good. My gosh, that's good. They're hanging on to the peg because it's life to them. It's life. And, and, and I looked over at one point and Peter and, and George and Max were all trying to get to one peg. And it was like a free for all to the peg. And I'm like, dudes, there's only one peg. Everybody can't hang on to one peg. Got to get your own peg. Come on, that'll preach too. You can't hang on to somebody else's peg. You got to find your own, the word of the Lord, and then you hang on for dear life. Amen? Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, which commandment teacher is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is... Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. And, and the scribe said to him, you're right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifice. You don't, you, you have to understand uh, uh, history and the theological process that was going on to understand what that scribe or attorney was saying to Jesus. Because first of all, he said, you were right when you said he is the only one. See, they did not in any way want to believe that Jesus was one with God. And they said to him, you're right when you say he alone. 
And, and then they, they come down to this other part in declaring, you know, there's nothing else. Uh, none of the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices line up with this. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, listen to this. He said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. That's pretty amazing to me. He didn't say what I would have wanted him to say to me if I was asking a question, but he was saying to that, to that scribe, to that learned, to that attorney, he was saying, you are very close to having the full revelation of what you just said. Amen. He didn't say you're there yet. He said, you're, you're pretty close to understanding what I have said. And after that, listen to this, no one dared to ask him any more questions. It, it was like, okay, we're not going to win this one. And they headed off. Luke's gospel, chapter 10. Love this one. Luke 10, verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is written in the law? And how do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Now, I don't have time to go on, but I, I, I want to tell you, this verse 28 leads right into verse 29, which is the story all of us know in here, and that's the story of the Good Samaritan. The, 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 because what happened was this, this scribe, he realized that once Jesus had given the answer, he, 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 was, he was happy because he comes back and he says, well, then he has a question for Jesus, and he says, that's great, awesome, I, I, I believe this fully, but just want to make sure, who is my neighbor? See, he was wanting him to say, well, you know, your neighbor is your dad and mom on one side of your house and your, your parents-in-law on the other side and your brother-in-law and sister in front of you and, and your, and your uh, uh, sister and your brother-in-law behind you and then all your little friends are all around you and, and those are your neighbors. And, and, and Jesus goes on to tell the story of the one who was beaten and robbed and left for dead and all the religious people left the Rock of Gainesville Church and they went by and they saw the sick, hurting person and they said, we got to get to the lunch man. I've already been sat through two services this morning. <laughs> come on, somebody say, Pastor, you better stay over there more to the scripture. But come on, isn't that what he's saying? You walk out of here and the Lord brings you upon someone that's struggling. How are you going to respond? We in our society today are very judgmental people. Anybody's not doing it the way we think they should be doing it or working the way we think they should be working or, or whatever, we, we're, we're, we're oftentimes very, very, very much willing to speak words of judgment over people when the Lord might very well have brought that person into your life to show the love of Jesus. Maybe it's a bottle of water. Maybe, maybe it's, a, it's a meal. Maybe it's just a moment to stop and to talk and to ask someone, is everything okay with you? Could I pray for you? Because we're living in a time when the world's a hurting place. In the last scripture, John chapter 13, verse 34, I'm going to come back with that thought. A new commandment, verse 34 and 35, Jesus declares a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. Listen to this. He said, I give you this, that you love one another just as I have loved you. 
you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. One of the things that I'm so excited about this summer is in what just took place on this stage and what took place as we stretched our hands over you over the next couple of weeks. We as a church family are engaging in what we have, we, we have set aside. We, we, we have established an opportunity. We've, show, we've so, um, sowed the vision and you've caught the vision and we got you know 325 plus people signed up to do something in our city or in another country for the sake of sharing the love of Jesus because he said, you are to love one another the way I loved you. And so you set out. And we're going we're gonna to set out to Peru on Friday and, and, and we're going to be in hospitals and clinics and we're going to be in orphanages and schools. We're going to be doing a, a business meeting with people in our house, literally speaking to professionals in the nation of Peru and encouraging them with godly biblical principles. We're going to have a ladies convention. We're going to have the big outreach on that Saturday and, and trusting and believing that literally hundreds of thousands of people will come to Christ, but at the same time right here in Gainesville. We're going to be going down to St. Francis' house and we're going to feed hungry people that don't just need you to slop some spaghetti on their plate, need somebody to sit down and are willing to touch them. The other night, my wife did something for me that um, blessed me beyond words. And I won't go into a lot of detail, but, but I felt like uh, I, I got the privilege of sitting in a chair uh, in front of my whole family of 18 and hearing them say something about their dad or their granddad. And when it was over, I leaned over to my wife and I said, I almost felt like it was a funeral, but I was alive. <laughs> and I thought it was pretty cool. I was in the hot seat and, 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 and Suzanne started and shared over me. And then the boys one by one, then the daughters one by one. And, 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 and then one of the grandsons just had to, had to he, he said, he said, it was a little white, and he said, Mama, can, can I say something to Baba? And the minute he said, Baba, he burst into tears, and, and he's, just, he's just telling Baba how awesome Baba is and how much he loves Baba because you go fishing with me, and you ride me in the golf cart, and, and you go watch me play games, and, and, all, and, and I was just overwhelmed with this uh, love of my whole family. But hear me. My wife did that because my love language is words of affirmation and touch. That's why I hug every one of you every time I see you. It's very selfish because what I'm doing is I'm hugging myself. <laughs> and it's just really awkward, you know, walking around like this. So when I hug you, I get a hug back and I go, wow. Because it does something for me. And, and my kids all know, they could, they could go down. Matter of fact, I got on the front row a pair of socks. It's hilarious because Nathan walked in a while ago and he said, here, Dad, I had a, another Father's Day gift for you. And I picked it up and I laughed, said, is it a pair of socks? And he started laughing and said, yeah, it actually is. But, but he said, they're fun socks. You're going to like these because I like, I like fun socks, you know. So, so uh, he brings me some fun socks. Now I can't get my pants back down. Sorry about that. <laughs> Whew, now I need some breath. Anyhow, through that process, you know, I, I, I just felt love because Suzanne set up the whole family to just show dad love the way dad needs to be loved. Can I say all that to say this to you? There's some hurting people in our town that need a word or a hug or a bottle of water or a touch or an act of mercy or grace. And hear me, 
Hear me. I'm speaking to every one of you. I'm looking in every one of your eyeballs. Hear me. I'm not talking to your neighbor sitting beside you, your husband or your wife. God has one. Don't close your eyes and put your head down and be all spiritual. No, no, it still doesn't work. Hear me. God has one in this city. You hearing me? God has one for you. God has one for you. God has one for every one of us to touch and to love and to show the expression of God's love. Because how can they ever be saved if we don't touch them? If we don't express to them, if we don't love them? Man, we're living in a world where it's going insane. You're just being bombarded by all the, ju- all the stuff you hate. And if you're not careful, hear me, if you're not careful, you, you, you end up hating the sinner instead of hating his sin. We're living right now in a time where everybody wants to parade a certain group of people. And it's offensive to us that are raising our children and grandchildren because it's anti-everything we believe. But hear me, those people need Jesus. And you can't criticize them and bash them and love them all at the same time. We have to say, God, I don't even know how to do this, but will you, will you help me love these people? Will you help me show my love to them? Will you help me not to be judgmental or critical? Will you, will you help me not to go around and get in our little uh, religious groups and just bash all the, the sin that's going on? Man, hate the sin, never hate the sinner. Unless you forget you was one. All right? And he loves them. And yes, their lifestyles, their ways, the things that so many are doing is being pushed in our face. And I love what David Gibbs said, man. They, they have no shame in coming out of the closet. The problem is too many Christians are climbing in the closet and just want to be hidden and quiet. We are not called to be in the closet. We're called to go into all the world with the gospel. So I close with this this morning. Jedediah Thurner said to us as a church a few months ago, he made a, a powerful proclamation when he said, when God says it's time, when God says it's time, when God says it's time, it's time. And when God says it's you, it's you. And when God says it's now, it's now. And I believe what we have been hearing this year as a people, as a house, and as individuals is this. It's my time now. It's my time. And for it to be my time, I've got to be willing to get up and embrace. i got to grab hold of my peg that's more powerful than anything else. The Holy Spirit and the love of God. i got to hang on to that peg of love and say the same love that Jesus loved me, he's enabled me to love a lost and sick and dying world. And so my prayer for us as the church, as believers... Is God, who's my one? Who's my one? And I want to take responsibility for that one. I don't want to stand in heaven one day with regret that all around me is empty because my whole salvation was just about me. I want to hear, well done, thou good, faithful, son, daughter, because you went about my business. And the business of Jesus Christ was not the prophetic, the apostolic, the religious, 
It was lost souls. Jesus came to redeem the lost. And everything else has its amazing, wonderful place, but it never replaces the main theme of the church of Jesus Christ. Let's go win one. Let's go find one. Let's go this week and plant seed in one, water one. Let's begin to believe God for one because God loves each one the same way he loved us. Would you bow your head? Father, I thank you so much for the word that you are stirring in us as a people, challenging us, convicting us of. You're wanting us to be changed from the inside out. You're wanting us to grow up and be the church that you have called us to be and to be about your business as you have revealed it to us and opened it to us. And so I pray over the church this morning, over every believer in this place, I'm asking, Father God, that you will convict each one of us to believe that there is one right now, one right now, somewhere in our community, in our neighborhood, where we work, where we shop, where we play, there's one that you're wanting us to begin to go after, plant seeds of God's love, water those seeds with kindness and acts of kindness and love and attention and a hearing ear and a hand of fellowship. Help us through each week, not just to be out there doing stuff. Let us do it as unto you, Jesus, to touch hurting people so that they will know that you love them. Help us, I pray. In Jesus' name, believers, I want to invite all of you, just keep your head bowed for just a moment. I want to ask all the believers to pray. For those that are watching online and for anyone that might be sitting in this place, you don't know Jesus today, this morning, this day, this moment, right now, is an opportunity. If you'll allow me, in just a moment, I'm gonna invite you to lift up your hand and acknowledge that you need Jesus to be your Savior, your Lord. And if you want that today, your life for eternity will be forever changed because the gift of eternal life comes through the promise when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. Your spirit will live forever. The question is, will your spirit live forever in the presence of the God that loved you and created you? Or or will you live in that place of torment when you hear Christ say, depart from me into everlasting darkness? Because I don't know you. It's not a place you wanna live the place in the presence of God here today and throughout eternity is what Jesus died for you. Believers are praying for you right now, but nobody can make the choice, not even Jesus himself can make the choice that only you can make. And that is today, not only believe in your heart, but confess it with your mouth, speak it and proclaim it and let the gift of eternal salvation be yours today. If that's you, once again, no one's looking. This is between you, me, and Holy Spirit. But right now, you're ready. Just lift up your hand and let me see it, acknowledge it, and lead you in a very simple prayer right now this morning. Jesus loves you. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Would you just lift it up and let me acknowledge it today? Let me lead you in a prayer. Yes, God bless you, sir. Thank you so much. You can put it down once I see it. God bless you. Who who else? This This is your moment, man. The Lord brought you here today to reveal to you he loves you. Man, does he love you. And the enemy wants to keep you from receiving that love. 
Anyone else want to join this young man today? This is your day. This is your moment. Maybe you're watching online. I can't see you. If you raise your hand, but you can call us. You can text in. You can email in. You can call the church office, and we will rejoice with you. We'll help you get on the path of living out the path God has. But one more moment. Anyone else? This is your day. This is your moment. All right, I want to invite the whole church to pray with this one precious young man today as he's responded and lifted his hand. And to you, sir, I ask you and invite you, pray this prayer out loud. Believe it in your heart. Confess it with your mouth. We're going to ask Jesus with you to come into your heart. So pray this. Father God, thank you for loving me even when I wasn't worth loving. Thank you, Father, for giving me Jesus who was willing to die on the cross so that his blood would be shed for me to cleanse me, to heal me, and to save me. Jesus, I invite you today. I'm tired of pushing you aside. I'm tired of keeping you at arm's length. Today, I open up my heart and I invite you, Jesus, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I confess my sin and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. Redeem me today from my past and from the curse that has tormented me. Today, I choose you, Jesus, to be Lord and Savior of my life for the rest of my life. I pray this. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for this precious man. God bless you, sir. We rejoice with you. Thank you for listening to this message from The Rock of Gainesville. For more information about our church, visit www.therockonline.org.